Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about the movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. Today, Ann, we're going to discuss an indie film with a very good cast. Yeah. It's called Maggie's Plan. Uh-huh. And it stars Greta Gerwig as Maggie, Ethan Hawke playing John, Julianne Moore, Oscar winner, playing Georgette, Bill Hader playing Tony, Maya Rudolph playing Felicia, and Felicia and Tony are married, by the way. Yes. And Wallace Shawn as Kliegler. So these are very interesting actors. I wish they had some place to go. Yeah, other than this movie. And you remember maybe in the late 80s or early 90s, there was a TV show on for several seasons called 30-something? Yes, I remember it well. Okay. The thing about 30-something that made me stop watching it is it was constant whining by the entire (laughs) cast. Well, here they are again. These people whine and complain. It's very upsetting and very irritating. It's irritating. It's not a terrible movie, but it irritated the heck out of me. Okay, well, let's get into the plot of this so-called quirky comedy. Okay. Maggie is in her 30s, and she really wants to have a baby. She's working as a guidance counselor in a city college. Right. All those poor kids, how misguided they must be with her as their counselor. Absolutely. So she really wants to have a baby. And of course, with most women in their 30s, she'd prefer being married and having the baby. But she cooks up a plan to get artificially inseminated with a guy that goes to the same school. Yeah. He's a pickle entrepreneur. (laughs) That's right. Please. How kooky can you get? Now, the character of Maggie is best friends with a married couple named Tony and Felicia, and they are played by the wonderful Bill Hader and the wonderful Maya Rudolph. And she's also friends with the Ethan Hawke character, whose name is John, Mm -hmm. and they wind up falling into bed together. Well, John, we have to be honest, is the college professor. He's got the great American novel in his briefcase. Right. And he's very much married to Georgette, played with a certain amount of verve by Julianne Moore. And he gives the novel to Maggie to read because he trusts her for whatever kooky reason. So she reads this novel and praises it to the heavens. And she says it's the most brilliant book she's ever read. Of course, this turns him on. And as you say, they end up having a very lusty affair. Now, this is all taking place at the same time that she's getting artificially inseminated by the pickle entrepreneur. Right. What a coincidence. Yes. By the way, I am a novelist, I think as many people know. Yes, you are. When I finish a novel, I don't give it to my friends to read. No. He's so desperate for praise. Of course. And for someone to talk to that the novel is really only a means for him to have some earnest conversation with somebody because his wife puts him down all the time. Right. Okay. So John finally decides that he really loves Maggie. He doesn't love Georgette anymore. That's right. So we skip forward three years. They are now married. Kooky, kooky. Yeah. They have a daughter. And Maggie has decided she's not in love with him anymore. That's right. So what does she do? Maggie has another plan. She meets with Georgette, and they cook up a scheme that they will reunite Georgette back with John. Oh, my gosh. What a quirky plot (laughs) twist. (laughs) This is like a bad Woody Allen movie. That's exactly what it is. It's a bad Woody Allen movie. Unfortunately, most of his recent movies are bad Woody Allen movies. But anyway, 
let's get back to Maggie's plan. When it got to that point, yes. first of all, I'm looking at these two people, and I certainly understand why they're not in love anymore. They're not very interesting people. I'll have one cup of coffee with them, but not a refill. <laughs> That's good. When a film does something like this, you really don't care about the plot anymore. And the other thing about Georgette, about Julianne Moore. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were talking about her strange accent. She affects a German-Austrian accent. She sounded like something out of a Mel Brooks movie. Right. And not nearly as funny, yeah. I might add. But she has this presence on screen. She sounds like she's doing a bad German Nazi impression. It's just the oddest concept for an actress. I don't get it at all. I didn't either. And again, I saw the cast. I thought, wow, all these people, this has got to be at least interesting. Yeah, well, they weren't very lovable. They weren't very lovable at all. They weren't very interesting. And they were annoying because they kept whining. I know. They whined because they wanted something. They got it, and then they whined some more. I know. And that left me wanting a glass of wine. Exactly. You know, maybe in more, I'm going to say, lovable hands. Let's say Maggie was played by Meg Ryan right. or Goldie Hawn or even Myla Kunis. Some of these contemporary actresses are really charming and have a lot of personal charisma. And I don't think Greta Gerwig has that kind of presence on screen. She's okay in indie movies, little art house pictures. But Maggie's plan really called for, I think, a stronger leading lady. Definitely a stronger leading lady, and it should have been funny. Yeah. This is a funny idea, I suppose. Well, it was written by Arthur Miller's daughter, Rebecca, and he wasn't a barrel of laughs either. No. Arthur Miller. <laughs> no. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Rebecca. Anyway, for me, it's not a terrible movie. It's just about unconventional, kooky people who put on airs, and I'm afraid their pretentiousness does very little to make you like them or their plans. You're right. And the other thing is, you're watching this film, and of course it takes place in New York. Where else could it take place? You set this film in Chicago or Cleveland or Detroit or right. Omaha, Nebraska, it'd be ridiculous. Right. So here are all these neurotic, whiny New York adults, and it just left me cold. Again, I didn't think it was a horrible movie, no. but I really can't recommend it to anybody, and so I'm giving it a yellow light. Okay. Maggie's plan for me rates a flickering yellow light. Rent with caution. Okay. Two yellow lights for Maggie's plan. Well, we're going to come back and review another movie very, very shortly. We hope you will join us at that time. Until then, I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that you have a better plan than this one the next time you go to the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. 
You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.